Hey guys, welcome to Rhetoric Rabbit Hole. I got Aiden and Jordan with me today. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, guys. I Absolutely. It. She just farted, by the way. Nice. <laughs> That's our other guest today. That's our cue, yeah, Gypsy the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am trying to waste y'all's time, so let's just get right into it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, you guys know what a fairy circle is? I'm not aware of what a fairy circle is. Is that the little mushrooms? Mm -hmm. yep. That's when mushrooms grow in a circle. Mm -hmm. I do know what this is. So I don't know if this is like a thing like that other people are experiencing or not. But um, like the other day, my roommate was like, dude, I just saw two fairy circles like in the same day. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then I got online and like I was just scrolling through Facebook and this dude on my Facebook is like, hey, there are fairy circles everywhere. It's like, have you guys seen this? And in the comments, people are like, yeah, I've been seeing these everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was yesterday I saw one. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't, <laughs> I haven't heard about this, like, on the news or anything. This is just like, like people have been telling me they've been seeing these. And it's the weirdest thing, because, like, I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's some scientists in somewhere who knows why they do that. But, like, but you guys have seen him, right? Like there's one in my neighbor's yard. Really? It, within the past weeks, like it just popped, popped up. up. Well, we have one mushroom in our backyard. It's just by itself, and I've been watching it to make sure she doesn't eat it. And I was out uh, checking the mail the other day, and there's a there's one in our neighbor's yard between our house and theirs. And that's just weird to say that. I wonder, like, that's so weird that they grow, like they'll grow like that. Sometimes. I don't know what causes that. Yeah, in a circle. Yeah. What's with that? I don't yeah. know if it's. It might be like a root structure. Have you guys ever heard of a? A guy named Paul Stamets. Yeah. Yeah. Mushroom Hat Paul. Yeah, Mushroom Hat Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's got some really good lectures, and he kind of thinks that like, uh, mushrooms are a form of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like they are taking conscious action. Mm -hmm. And there was like some experiment that they did where like they put this form of mycelium in like a, a structure to where it would. It was looking at like Tokyo or something, yeah. like a map of like some place, some city. And the mycelium found a more efficient route than what the subway system was mm -hmm. yeah, in there. Yeah, he, I saw where he was like, uh, I'm not going to say it in exact words because I'll butcher that if I say I'm going to quote it. But he was basically saying it's pretty ignorant of us to assume that we're the, mo we're the only self-aware thing on the planet when we've got probably the most basic yet complex living thing is the fungi system yeah. like he was talking about very interesting yeah, he's an interesting dude so um you have a ghost hunting channel i do yes i do uh, and we'll we'll put description or uh, links in the bottom if you want to check out Aiden's ghost hunting channel. spirit voice paranormal okay right on yeah it's me and uh it's usually me and two of my buddies that i work with shout out to logan and tyler and we're very new we're not we don't have a whole lot of um professional experience in this but we've both all three been interested in it for years um, me and tyler both growing up I, I remember my first experience i couldn't have been much older than four and the only thing i remember around that age is like having a go-kart and learning to tie my shoes but i remember my first experience and he grew up in the house too and we're actually going to go do that house soon oh, it's nice. one of our next places that we're going is the house we grew up in um but yeah that we've got a wild group um i was actually gonna ask you like 
because obviously if you're doing that that's something that's been on your mind mm -hmm. so um do you mind getting into those experiences oh no i don't what mind. was that first one like for you? the first one was the first one's actually really cool uh it's the coolest one that's ever happened to me because of i shouldn't be able to remember it like i do and anybody that studies the brain or, or or people's memory even memory is such a wild thing but your memory lies to you because it remembers things on how you felt and not always how it actually happened you know like if you remember a car wreck you're not going to remember everything that happened from the time you wrecked to the time you got out of the car because your brain's working on so many different levels so i didn't trust this memory until i was right out of high school i think so, but my mom remembers it very vividly. So someone in my family had died and I think he was my uncle on my mom's side, on my mom's mom's side or something like that. But he had died and I was too young to go. I didn't go to the funeral or visitation that I was, I didn't go to attend anything. I stayed home with my great grandparents who lived across the street. And um, they went, had the whole thing. And then afterwards, after he was buried, my grandmother took me to his headstone, which we lived, that's another thing, we lived like 200 yards from the graveyard, I think. and it's still in Lynchburg, a big graveyard in the middle of Lynchburg, and uh, we lived right down the street, so my grandmother walked me up there, and we put a rose in his grave, and it had to have been right after the funeral. How old were you? I, I couldn't have been much older than four, because okay. I remember that, I remember my sister being born, but I don't remember, I don't know how old, I know she was in a, in a, a, a what do you call it, baby, the bed. <laughs> uh, uh, cradle. Well, cradle. cradle. <laughs> Why are we all on blank on cradle? We all <laughs> I wanted to say casket, but I was like, that's not <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I know she was in her in her cradle. And we went up there, put the rose on his grave, and that's really I don't know how long after that that this happened. But I remember waking up in my room and I was sleeping between my mom and my stepdad, and I can tell you what side of the bed they were on is how vivid this is. My mom was to my left, stepdad was to the right. I remember it so crazy. I was in between them. Yeah. And I don't remember what woke me up, but in between the bed, like my sister's cradle was across the room from the foot of the bed. And in between the bed and, and the cradle, he was just standing there. Mm -hmm. And it sounds kind of cheesy. And if you look, I'm goose bumped up. Oh, you, yeah. yeah uh, it sounds kind of cheesy, but, um, he was glowing and that sounds so cheesy to people if you've never had an experience it's so rare to see an actual apparition people think that it's something that oh if you're into ghosts you're no this is rare mm -hmm. it doesn't happen a lot and i don't know the science behind it i don't claim to know the science behind it but he was glowing and he was standing there and i remember the suit that he was wearing and he was holding a rose and I remember him smiling at me. I don't remember him saying anything and I don't remember freaking out on my end. And I remember him waving or something and then just walking out of the room. And for a long time, I thought that was a dream that I had. And I just up until high school. And one day I remember I was like a sophomore or a junior or senior in high school. And um, I came to my mom and I was like, do you remember this crazy dream that I had where I was talking to somebody or something that somebody was in our room, like a ghost or something in our room. And my mom and Jordan's met my mom. My mom was almost crying. She spun around, she was washing dishes. And she was like, I was hoping that you'd forgotten about that. She was like, that scarred me as you, when you were a kid, she was like, you told me that, and I don't remember his name. She said his name. So if you told me that so-and-so was in our room and that he was holding a rose and it was exactly how I remembered it. 
how I thought, I thought about it literally almost every day just because it was one of those memories that always popped yeah. in my head. And I didn't think much of it. And when she got freaked out, made me realize that, hey, I actually held on to this memory better than I thought. And I didn't go to his funeral. I didn't know what he was buried in. And he was buried in the clothes that I had saw him in, mm -hmm. which they told me later on that I had matched it up. And I had no, because I didn't yeah, go didn't to that know. funeral. And since then, I didn't have a lot happen that I remember. I didn't have a lot happen. That was like the big thing in my life. I was like, this has to be it real. It seems to be early development. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm not going to say names here, but just for, yeah. Their, but somebody's daughter that I know, this person, this person had a miscarriage before their daughter was born. And this daughter came to her asking for a new sister because her other sister had died and her sister wants her to have a new baby sister. And I know this person and that didn't, that was not handled very well. I mean, it was very emotional is what I'm saying. Like that was, yeah. and they, those kids do not have any idea that that happened. Like you're not going to tell a three-year-old kid that, yeah. Hey, your other sister, she was a miscarriage. Like, that's just not something you say. And I know she didn't say that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was, and I know them personally. Children have a connection. Um, I think it's because the brain is so open still. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not, we, yeah. we haven't learned to That's block exactly, stuff yeah. out yet. We're our, our, it's kind of like whenever you, like, psychedelics. yeah, when you take psychedelics, gateways, you into a baby again. gateways open that you're blind to whenever you're conscious now and you see things that you're not normally aware of. And I think that you can get yourself in that headspace, which is why people are sometimes able to see things. Right. Like when I'm ghost hunting, I've seen, I'm trying, I think it's three, unless I'm forgetting one. The first night we did it, my partner, me and Logan, we saw one. It walked up to our truck when we were done. You were on the, I was on the phone with yeah. Jordan when it happened. Hmm. They walked yeah. up to the truck. Yeah. You heard the popping of the gravel and everything. And they walked up to our truck and they were so, cause I think they were so excited that somebody was there talking to them that night. Dude. Yes. So I, okay. We were both raised like really religious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I got out of that, I think when, you know, uh, everyone has a different reaction when you read something like that. Um, and my reaction was I, I got really heavily into the occult. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to see if there was anything out there because um, Christianity had left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like borderline atheist. And so I went seeking out some kind of experience. Exactly. So at this point in my life, I've, I've fucked with a lot of spirits. Um, I've done a lot of spirit work with Ouija boards and things mm -hmm. like that. But I've yet to ever see a physical or a visual manifestation. It's of rare. A, it's very rare. Um, and um, Jordan, do you remember when you were living in Birmingham? You saw an apparition. Yeah, when I was a kid. Um, you were a kid also. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was extremely how, young. How on the borderline of. I, I don't remember exactly how old I was. Um. But it was on the borderline of me not remembering anything else around that yeah. time. Yeah. Uh huh. So but that sticks out to you. That particular event yeah. does stick out to you. Same me. with your story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. I can base my age kind of off where we're living because we moved around a little bit. So I know from like ages this to this, I was in this house. And I know at that time we didn't live there much past me in kindergarten or so. It's an interesting thing. Describe that experience. Yeah. So. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I think maybe like my brother was home and uh, I, I think my parents were gone. They were maybe out to eat or something like that or asleep maybe even. Um, it was at night and uh, I was sleeping in my room and I got up and I got out of bed and I walked into the living room and in this, in this house that we used to live in, there were like these huge windows like windows at the top and then these two huge windows right here mm -hmm. and like a glass door that's 
also clear. So, I mean, you can see out all of this area. And it's at nighttime and the living room lights are on. So all I'm seeing when I look in the mirror is a reflection of the rest of the room and what's behind me. And, you know, um, so I remember always being scared of mirrors after this happened. Not mirrors, but windows at night mm -hmm. because it's also a reflection. Also, you're inside also. You so are inside see, of it. If yeah. you see something outside of a window, that tells you that you don't have really anywhere to go. Like if you like in a window, you're like, oh, I have all this like space behind me. I can get gone, yeah. into the woods. Yeah. But if you're inside and you see someone you looking feel at you, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail. Go ahead. No, 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 not at all. That's um, that's important input. So I walked over next to the sofa and I was looking out of the door. And I remember, and it's it's the weirdest thing because initially I wasn't scared by it. Initially, it was just something that had happened. The fear came later mm -hmm. in me looking back on what had happened. Um, but I looked out of the door, and there was like this charcoal black figure that was standing there. And he had like these purple overalls on. And um, he just kind of like stood at the door, like looking through the door. And he looked at me. And... Uh, I don't really remember much after that, but what makes it super strange is about when I was about, I would say 12 or 13 years old, uh, my parents were building a new house. Um, and I was alone for the night. My dad had left. He was um, go supposed to be getting back later that night, probably about two or three in the morning. And it was just my mom home. And um, we were just still moving into the house and everything. So my bed was like on the floor and I didn't have much. I had like a little TV, but no furniture in there or anything. And I went into my bathroom to brush my teeth for night. And um, I went to go brush my teeth and I was brushing them. And I looked, uh, I looked up and I, in the mirror, I saw the reflection of this same thing that I saw when I was. Oh, really? And. As soon as it happened, I was probably about 12 or 13. And um, after you guys moved to Fayetteville? After we moved to, yeah, we were in Fayetteville when this happened. Okay, you were in the apartment. In the new house. So the house, not the apartment, but we were actually in okay. the house. Okay, okay. So as soon as I saw it behind me, um, it was like out of my bathroom and back towards into my room a little bit. And I just immediately like turned around to look and it, of course it wasn't there and it like shook me like it shattered me a little bit and I, I was just anxious I was shaking I remember brushing my teeth and I never took my eyes off the mirror mm -hmm. and even when I like even when I went to go wash my mouth out I got like a cup and mm -hmm. I filled the cup up with water and I never took my eyes off of this section of the room mm -hmm. I was like hyper focused on it mm -hmm. make sure I didn't let my guard down again right and a little bit later that night, I finally calmed down. So I went to bed and uh, I heard the front door open and it closed. And I felt like this like sudden sense of relief because I, my father had came home. Mm -hmm. And so all of the anxiety had left me and everything. I was just completely 
okay. And I don't know why that made me feel so okay, but my father was there, so I felt safe. And uh, I woke up the next morning, and uh, I was, like, walking around the house and everything. And I needed to go talk to my dad, so I went to go talk to him. And it ended up that he wasn't there. Uh, he didn't get home that night. And um, Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was just my mom there. Now, granted, it could have been my mom just opening the door. Yeah. But you they, thought it's it very was strange. Which I, gave you some relief. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a strange, tricking thing that had happened yeah. in my brain. Yeah. Because uh, that's what your dad was to you. Is like that. I mean, it's your father. So yeah. And I don't like. Here's the thing: is I don't know if I'll ever even be able to see that again mm-hmm. or experience it. The first time when I was a kid, it wasn't that scary. And then after the second time that it happened, it became very. As a kid, though, you didn't know to be scared of it. Like, but there's something cool that happens. I say cool. That's a really bad word for it. (laughs) But there's there's something that happens in your brain. There there's a moment when you say, "Oh, I think I just saw something in my hallway," but you're like, "That could have been any number of things playing a trick on my aunt." Right. But something clicks in your brain when you actually see something. Mm -hmm. Your brain actually picks that up and says, "No, no, that's not." Yeah. You saw something. When you can clarify it is the difference. It's like your brain knows how to rationalize that differently. And like that shadow we saw that night on the phone with you, I could have, that could have, I mean, if you want to say it, that could have been like the shadow of me. Well, although we were in pitch dark, but I could, I could have said that's the shadow of me off you the moonlight. Or so, yeah. But no, yeah. that was a distinct figure okay. walking around the front of the truck. You know, that your brain knows and says that's not right. Was that a personal experience or did the other people with you see that? It, it was me and one other person who, who's, he's still, he's coming and going from the team because he's doing a lot of things in life right now. But yeah, he's, he saw it too. Uh, Cause like I said, I was on the phone with Jordan and we both yelled on the phone when that happened and oh, Jordan was on speakerphone and it was a kind of a crazy moment. And we saw one other there, but it's, that other one was very fast. Uh, I almost don't even like talking about it because I can't say, hey, I saw something, but I know that I saw something there. Yeah. It was peeking over my shoulder. Like I could, I saw like the side of him peeking over my shoulder, watching my camera on playback. And we were looking at photos that we had taken and he was over my shoulder, but I didn't see like the body, but something was like looking like, let me see what you got. But I can't say, I can't, that's the reason I don't talk about it because I can't say, hey, I saw something, even though I know I think any of these experiences, like someone somewhere is going to be like, oh, well, I mean, uh, it could have been a schedule. Oh, absolutely. Episode. And that's true. It could be. But like, um, what, what's interesting is the significance to you at that moment. Because your body is the best out of all the crap we can go by that helps us. We use EMF, all kinds of stuff that helps us pick stuff. Your body is the single best tool. But the problem with that is it's also the hardest one to prove. And goosebumps, like from early, like I can show you, doesn't mean shit. Like we can walk right. under an air vent, you know what I'm it's saying? It's not a, it's not proof. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll say that it sounds, it may be controversial, but I think that the belief in the paranormal is far more taboo than the, the than people fighting religion nowadays. Okay. It's more accepted to not believe in religion. Yes. And yes. people that believe in the paranormal are looked at like, okay. I, I don't, you're crazy. Yeah. And that makes me upset because all it takes, I've done that this to people at work. Too. I've taken people at work that are non-believers and we, I can tell you about these later because I don't want to say their names, but I've taken them up there and I've let them hold the spirit box and let them ask questions and they will get hard answers to their questions 
and I've had I let one shake somebody's hand one time. Spirit box. Yeah, it's um, AM FM radio is all it is, and it swaps through channels really fast. So the problem with that is people say, well, it's just picking up on radio. Okay. So I took the antenna out of it. There's no antenna connection in the red thing at all. I took it completely apart. You gotta show up. me this sometime. I've got it. I, uh, it's usually in my car, but it's not today. It's in my house. But in the uh, future. Oh, I'll show it to you. It's awesome. Yeah. And I've got videos of it on our YouTube. Selfless plug again. <laughs> uh, Spirit, hey, Spirit Boys Paranormal. Links in the description below. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, the first video on our YouTube is is one that I almost didn't want to put up. It was the first night that we had got this. It was the night that we saw that figure walking. Um, I went to go talk to my grandpa. And I was like, I was like, we got it in the mail that day. I was like, hey, we're going tonight. Like, I don't care. We're going to go tonight. And we went up there. I turned it on, walked right up to his grave. And it was instant back and forth conversation. And I'm crying in the video. That's why I was hesitant to put it up. I did, but I mean, it's, it's well, raw emotion and I don't care. Like it is, it's kind of, I, I think that's one of the things that makes it significant though. It shook me. the emotion. Well, because I heard his voice. Yeah. And not there aren't many people that i'm friends with that know what he sounded like because he passed away in 2015 at the time like a lot of older people at jack where i work know know what he sounded like but my friends didn't well i took that video and showed it to my mom and because he is he has uh stuck around with my mom a lot to the point where it's almost annoying for my mom like she loves him still obviously but he's he's messed their stuff like messed their house up a little bit like when he's mad he still gets in a bad mood and Again, to anybody that doesn't believe, that's fine. But my mom, who is a very big Christian, will tell you that he is in her house a lot. And he, I've witnessed her phone get thrown off of the table before by nobody. And it, she'll, she'll, she'll say, Daddy, stop it. And it won't I, happen again. I think you, you touched on something I wanted to talk about a little bit more. Um, people don't take this seriously. It's very frowned upon. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a big part of that is um the media like the movies mm -hmm. surrounding the subject like the yeah. conjuring insidious yeah. uh, all what's these the things paranormal are so, activity yeah so fucking over the top yeah people want to believe that if they do believe they're like that's a demon and you can't mess it i'm like man i'm not saying that demons aren't real because i'm a very spiritual person i'm not exactly religious but i am very spiritual that's the way to be <laughs> yeah yeah if you don't need yeah. to pick one dogma and roll with it and yeah. just keep an open mind um but and saying that, I don't discount the existence of demons at all, or something to that extent, something that is that is in the paranormal realm that can harm you. I'm not saying that it doesn't doesn't exist at all, but what I am saying is that 99 times out of 100, you're not dealing with anything like that. That you're going to be dealing with somebody that is stuck, because I've been told by them that they're stuck. Hmm. I, I asked one, we were talking about religion to them one night, and one of them came through and said they're Baptist. Like and one of my friends who was a skeptic said, "If you're Baptist, then why are you still here?" And she said, "I'm stuck." Shit. I mean, that was at that same graveyard. That's the most active place I've been. Is that graveyard? <laughs> Not Baptist enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so okay, we were talking about how this is something that resonates with children and people who take psychedelics. Oh it, yeah. Because that puts you in a childlike mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Which Absolutely. gets into something you and I were talking about the other night. You described. Uh, you describe is um, I, I want I want you to explain it actually. You're talking about a cave with snakes. Yeah, lay that um, out for people watching. So pretty much, there's like um, 
there's like this thing that I think is important. It's important in a lot of areas in your life. And of course, people do it all the time and they don't recognize that they do it. And usually when they do it, it's extremely successful because they realize that they're dropping a lot of things that unnecessary baggage. So pretty much like the idea would just be like, um, so if you have knowledge on one hand, you can have a lot of good things, but within that you can misinterpret knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you can get wrong knowledge. You, you get can't, bad knowledge. You can't learn anything if you already think you know everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you've already, it, and that's kind of the issue with belief too, is because yeah. when you believe something, you deny yourself the ability to know or believe anything else. It leaves no room for new knowledge. And no, yeah, it, it, it nullifies the rest of knowing mm -hmm. because you already know. And in your head, you block it off. So Jordan gave me this, this parable to sort of illustrate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the parable would be like, if we're talking about knowledge, then there could be something the opposite that we could call like the seeking of ignorance. Mm -hmm. So the seeking to unlearn things, not necessarily good or bad. You're just seeking to unlearn the things that you have learned up to this point. So it could be put in a parable like this, like you have a baby and the baby goes into a pit of snakes and a day later the baby comes out and the baby is an old man. And in one day, he's lived a, an age of like 85 years. Mm -hmm. And he's old and decrepit. He can barely walk. And so he comes out of the cave and he makes himself into a baby again. He turns back into an infant and goes back out into the world to find, find, another, to snake find another snake cave, to find something else that he can gain knowledge and wisdom about mm -hmm. and it's from the point of ignorance that he has come to the knowledge of whatever he's focused on yeah and so he reduces that and it's a it's a process that you can use within your life yeah and what's funny is when you explain that to me you didn't preface it with an explanation you just said imagine this imagine this baby goes into a cave yeah and by the time you had finished your illustration i knew exactly what you meant yeah which that's <laughs> Which I mean, also shows like the importance of story yes. um, and the immortalization of ideas into story because of course, you know, there's some mythos and religion gets started. Yes. Um, and that's the importance of it really is that these are big ideas that need to be contained and people realize that. So they contain them into stories. They create the mythos and they, and capture the emotion within the story so that everybody can understand and come to it. The problem is, is that the common person, if they hear that story from you, the only thing they're gonna say is, what the fuck are you smoking? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's yeah. That's the problem yeah. with the common person. Because they're the old man. Yeah. They're the old not man. To say, not not to say that we're high and mighty above people, Yeah. but you, most people no, it's, it's refuse to have the open-mindedness to think. It's the opposite. It's, it's reducing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which and is what intense psychedelics do. Yeah. They strip away your ego and reduce right. you to Absolutely. nothing. Which yeah, is why which is, yeah. I really struggle with DMT because I got a large, fragile ego. <laughs> and that, that, don't, that don't run well. It <laughs> ruins the afternoon. Yeah. It's like, oh, you think you're hot shit, huh? 
Let me oh, show you that is the uh, don't ruin the next three months. That levels every playing field that's ever existed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you think you know something? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I love that pit of snakes. That's really I good, right? That. Yeah, that, I love that. And that's that's, that's also a testament to. I mean, you made that illustration. It's a beautiful illustration, like that. Yeah, it's really cool. This shows the thankfulness of Jordan. That's why. <laughs> Big I, brain. That's why I get Jordan to help me. Right. I, I'm I'm terrible at everything. <laughs> you should have seen this. Y'all should have seen this man throw a frisbee about that. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it went over my face. When I think I looked for it in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> oh well. That's okay. So this is a, a hard right turn, but um, I did. <laughs> there is this thing, okay? There's this thing on TikTok. Which I I'm not on TikTok, but I just found out about this from another like a YouTuber I was watching. <laughs> kids, kids are busting open pregnancy tests, okay? Because there's a pill inside of these pregnancy tests, and it's a thing right now on TikTok to be like, oh my god, guys, there's a Plan B pill inside inside pregnancy tests dude try this and they're cheaper than they're trying to say they're cheaper than plan B. it's like dude they don't oh, tell you this no. but there's there's plan b pills there, what there is a psa out now because people have been doing this it's a it's a trend on tiktok now but what that pill is is an anti uh it's uh it absorbs moisture so you eat it and it immediately dries up your throat and it's it's not what you think it is. Like it's not what they think it is at it's all. Borderline rat poison. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> That's like eating the eating the it's little. Like, the Tide you pot. You know when you buy a, a Tide? Yes. <laughs> you know when you buy the beef jerky packs and it comes with that little sack of balls. It's like if you open that sack of balls. That's what that is. <laughs> that's the dehydration pack. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Thing. <laughs> and that's it's so fucking funny, but it's also bad. Oh, these are the people that make oh, warnings on things that says fire is hot. Yeah, it's like some dipshit somewhere. Why? <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't understand. So okay, I kind of understand, and this is going to get into some conspiracy territory. But TikTok is a Chinese-run corporation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's warfare against America. Um, not just America, but the rest of the world. Um, I think the Cold War never ended. Every country is at each other's throats, and they always have been since the fucking 70s or before that. So not only do we have this Plan B thing, we also got um, there's uh, the Tide Pods. Yeah. That's not a TikTok trend. Yeah. But, I mean, that's very detrimental. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and there was a... There's uh, just these stupid things that well, are viral. Like, if you want yeah. to disassemble a society, you don't start with the elderly because they're already out the door. They got one foot out the door. Anyway. You start with the youth. Mm-hmm. You try to you try to sterilize the youth, brainwash and, and indoctrinate the youth in whatever way you can. And See, Trump's trying to get TikTok completely removed from the country, like get it banned, because... China's been stealing people's private information yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. So, I mean, they're already up to some really shady shit. When well, people TikTok. are upset because they want to keep watching their friends dance on TikTok, but yeah. that's not that's not what the problem is. Yeah, you got these teenage girls who are like, no, don't take away TikTok. Yeah. It's like, you don't realize you're part of this scheme. That's, yes, that's you're in the pyramid on. scheme. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the Cold War. The Cold War wasn't as cold as people like to think it was. <laughs> the Cold it's colder War. now. It, yeah, yeah, it's far colder now than it was at the time. The, that that whole era is beyond interesting and filled to the brim with conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That's a 
Yeah, we could go down this path. Yeah, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a sure. lot of information to unpack right there. Um, so, a uh, side note, Alabama is the uh, first state to legalize, uh, or not legalize, um, I don't know what the word would be. There is now legislation in Alabama where you can castrate pedophiles. And oh, yeah, I saw that. Which, I mean, fuck yeah. Yeah, I saw that. strange because wasn't there like a law passed or they're trying to pass a law in like California? They're trying to include the the pedophiles into the LGBTQ community, which is not being supported by the LGBTQ community themselves. To preface that, a lot of people within that group do not like pedophiles. Absolutely. That's something that anybody that's a common brain associate with the yeah the elite are trying to normalize pedophiles. Yes, which is fucked. Which is happening at the same time that. I'm going to say two words right here that are either going to make you really excited or roll your eyes out of your head, and that's Pizzagate. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's it, that's not a coincidence that that's getting pushed at the same time as everything else is oh, occurring. Yeah. yeah. And people like to say, oh, that's the Epstein thing. Epstein is literally one finger of a, of a centipede. Like, this is yeah. – he's one person that got caught because they had a fall guy. He, he had already been in trouble a couple times before for this and served some really short jail time. He was an easy one to get thrown under the bus. There's a reason that TV shows are, shows are getting canceled. Like Ellen, we're yeah, we're canceling Ellen because Ellen's mean to her employee. Are you? Or are you canceling yeah. Ellen because Ellen has a track record on the island? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Gonna, yeah. That is, and if this wasn't so high profile, these people would have disappeared permanently. Right. Because there's yeah. a lot of people that are getting disappeared permanently. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, shit. I mean, I don't like. I mean, who am I to talk about this? But uh, John McCain. Oh, how did, he, how did he die? Yeah. How did that happen? I, oh, I called that back then. I said that's some suspicious stuff right there. That's not a circumstance. It's, that... it's um, it looks to me like capital punishment. Yeah, that says we got the guy and we fucking killed him. And I like, I mean, that's again, that's one little finger. Well, the the, the larger fucking the longer that these people are in control, the less um, discreet they feel like they have to be. Like it's all of this is in everybody's face like it's not being hidden very well at all but what they're doing is is that they're funneling it into the conspiracy category they want us to talk about this as much as possible because the more we talk about it the crazier it sounds we start sounding like the people that say we never went to the moon you know what i'm saying we're thrown into that same category because that's what they want they want us to be the same people that say that roswell was whenever we traded with the alien, they want us to be in that category yeah. so that whenever it does get talked about seriously, we just sound too crazy. Exactly. That, you can't trust that. And it's part of the disinformation that comes along exactly. with it, which is so easy for people in power to manipulate. Yeah. It's all of their stuff to manipulate. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole game. It's the game in movies. It's the game in media. That's the thing. They funnel it into things like video games and movies and TV shows. So we get desensitized. So it's not near as bad whenever it does become public knowledge. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's one of the many problems, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you know, people, some, some people are going to watch this conversation and they're going to be like, Oh, they're spouting all these conservative views. So let me just like, (laughs) let me just fucking set this straight. There's a, you know, uh, for a lot of people, it's 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 either left mm-hmm. or it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, fuck that whole thing. Um, That's the problem. I, I don't I don't care about if these pedophiles are uh, Democrat or Republican. The problem is, uh, like, 
elitist organized groups, regardless of what fucking side it is. It's mm -hmm. not a, it's not, a, you can't, don't watch this and make it a partisan thing yeah. about, about, well, these guys, they, they just clearly are biased in this degree. It's like, no, we just don't like pedophiles. Yeah, we don't like yeah. kids being fucked and then killed for a dream. Yeah. Drug. yeah. Uh, I'm not scared to preach that. Yeah, no, fuck, yeah. I mean, obviously, the thing about it is that both sides are necessary. But when something is happening that is just outright unacceptable and then hidden... You expect that, unity. Yeah. Um, that should be something we can all rally behind. Is like, hey... And for some reason, that's an issue. Yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> yeah, for some yeah. reason, it's an issue that one side wants to get this handled. And I've never... I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. I was, the revolutionary civil war was fought over less. We are, yeah. Literally. Our children are being raped and... They, did you know there's I more There's more um, slavery in the world today than in human history? Oh, absolutely. Point. And it's all sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. We're busting it all over the country, but you yet to see any of that on the national news headlines. No, they don't want to talk about no, that. No, because that's good. We don't we, we're busting things. That's good. We need as much friction right now as possible. No, let, let's let's make it a race issue. Exactly. Let's talk about how it's whites versus blacks instead yeah. of it being the government versus its people. Mm -hmm. Like anything that's not fuck the government. We can make it a race issue. Let's make it a gender issue. Let's make it literally anything that isn't the actual problem. Let's split something down the middle. Yeah, because when people come together, when it's like people of, of the same, like different ethnicities, mm -hmm. different mindsets, different genders, all this different, when they can come together and shake hands, they're fucked. The elitists are fucked. Well, that's why yeah. That's why the FBI sent Martin Luther King Jr. the letter urging him to kill himself because it was too peaceful. It wasn't going. They needed chaos to make that side look bad, and it wasn't happening. It was a peaceful, truly humanitizing organization that was trying to get something done the appropriate and truly good way. Have you guys heard JFK's last speech? About the secret society? He's like, there's some secret societies that are running the world, the world, mm -hmm. and I'm going to blow the lid on that. Mm -hmm. What happens next? Yep. Yep. So... I mean, it's not conspiracy. It's, it's not. not. It's just frowned upon to talk about. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Abraham Lincoln had done the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that too. And he was he was talking about how there are sets of power, and I'm not par I'm not even paraquoting here, but um, there, there are sets of power that are out of control, and he is trying to stop what happens. Mm -hmm. And what happened to Abraham Lincoln? He got shot. Mm -hmm. He got assassinated. Yep. The grounds behind his assassination are just as shady as the ones behind JFK. Yeah. There's a lot of shaky ground there. And yeah. it's still being debated today. Yeah. There I mean there's still I'm not gonna try to quote anything because I don't remember sources or exact facts on it, so I don't wanna I don't want to say, Oh, that fucker's wrong. But <laughs> I know that I I know that uh, I remember studying it for a while and there was a lot of debated topics about both assassinations. Yeah. This is um another weird segue but this is something that's been like going on in my mind so i'm just gonna rant if you guys can mm -hmm. bear yeah, with absolutely. me for a minute yeah, um i want to talk about cults in general right. the idea of a cult is um the what a cult is is uh like oh my god what if we started a club where we could like exclude other people like like we have this private information and, um, like, you can't, like, we're exclusive little club, and you can't be part of it. Like, um, first of all, you don't have any secret information that, uh, that's, that's, you want, you want to look 
bigger than other people like and say i got something you don't mm-hmm. i know something you don't know but you don't you don't have that and if you um uh you know who you are if you're watching this you don't <laughs> have that you don't you say you do but you don't um and this gets into another level if you're um a satanist cult um i have a lot of admiration for the devil archetype for satan um satan is about free knowledge he says hey man eat this fruit you don't have to pay me for it i'm not asking you for anything i'm just saying eat this learn um that's the exact opposite of your fucking cult um if you're in a cult and you call yourself a satanist i i spit on you because that's the opposite of what satan is he is the light ring lucifer literally means the shining one he is bringing light to man so if you're part of a uh, group where you've got some kind of private information that you're withholding from others, uh, like uh, Illuminati, this is like a big one. Um, you ain't about Satan. You ain't on that shit. And Satan has no love and respect for you. Actually, he's contradictory to what you are. So I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I take that too personally, but <laughs> yeah, like fuck that. Um, yeah, I mean, what you said, too, about, like, um, it's the opposite. Because, I mean, the whole idea of a cult is that, okay, we've learned something new. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's make this thing where it's private, where only a certain people can know what's real and will know it. Oh, this is for us. This is for us. us. Isn't and that the basis, what Mormonism is based on? The tablets or whatever? The golden, uh, the golden tablets. That, or something the, like that, that the kid on. went out and found, but yet nobody's ever been allowed to read, supposedly, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I feel like it's something like that. And it's like, you know, you make this group around it and I I don't know, the whole seeking of knowledge stops after that. Exactly. Because you're, you're not, you're believing in something that somebody else is. You're forming a bubble. Yeah. You're forming a bubble around your own thoughts, which is the whole thing that (laughs) initially made you want to go there in the first place. Exactly. So you've lost it. Yeah. And it's people get lost in this all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't realize when it's happening because they get like they're part of a cool club now. Yeah, they start chewing on something that's slightly sweet and yeah. so they think, Oh, I've got it now. Oh, I'm part of this group and I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I can tell you guys right now, if I ever learn something, I'm sharing it with you. Like What's I know spread I, as much yeah, knowledge as right. possible. Anytime because, you because I worship that yeah. ideal. I worship like this is what this podcast is, is like trying to understand things. Like I'm learning things from you guys, like and like, um, that's, <laughs> that's what I do with my friends. I try to like glean information from them yeah. and it's like, make that like collectively make each other better. And, yeah. um, we're trying to share that with you guys. Yeah. That's why the point of the podcast is just to yeah. share information as broadly as possible. Cause talking person to person is pretty inefficient and, on grand scale. And the elite hate that. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. that's the only thing that that's their biggest rival is information. Because if we're, if we're bipartisan or if we're partisan and we're on one side or the other, then we're not sharing information across the line. Yeah. Fight each other. Not yeah, us. exactly. Exactly. We'll be the ones to tell you what's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that's uh, been on my mind lately. Um, cause it, it's fucked up, especially like, um, I'm just, it's just not, it's not accurate. Yeah. If you call your, especially if you call yourself a Satanist, cause in my mind, there's, um, there's Prometheus and key and Satan, and then they're all the same thing. They bring light to man. That's a story that's been, actually, fun fact, Baphomet 
the word Baphomet is a, uh, it's an anagram. I think that's the right word or parallelogram uh, for the word, the Hebrew word Sophia. And Sophia means wisdom. Um, okay. So Baphomet, uh, it's it's you have to get into Hebrew to uh, I don't know Hebrew, but it, I've been told that Baphomet is the letter. Uh, if you convert Baphomet to Hebrew, and convert the letters around, it makes the word Sophia. Interesting. And Sophia is a, it means wisdom in Hebrew, and Baphomet is always depicted, or most commonly depicted. He's got like this goat head. And he's got he's got a dick, but he's also got tits, and it's it's a mix. It's the balance, mm -hmm. um, and that um, he's an androgen, which uh, it's it's the balance. It's the equilibrium. It's the yin and the yang, and that's um, that's what Baphomet is. Is it's balance, and it's also it's a it's well, this is another segue where we can talk about the yin and the yang, because it's uh, the masculine and the feminine together. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. unity. Uh, yin yang, white black. Every duality, um, you need a balance between the two. Right. Which uh, let's talk about Mandelbrot sets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the Mandelbrot set. This is a really interesting thing because, um, you know, spirituality just in general is a very slippery subject. Mm -hmm. It can go all sorts of directions. You know, you can get spiritual people that believe in this and believe in that and believe in this and believe in that and believe in this and believe in that. So the Mandelbrot set, it's a, it's a mathematical thing. And uh, for me, it's something that can give us a little insight into a, a, like a, a picture of what the spiritual process within us looks like mm -hmm. actually on a piece of paper. So if you're, Watching this, you can. I'll, I'll put some links up to the Mandelbrot. It's interesting yeah. if you've never seen it. The image of it is wild. I'd never even heard of it until a couple of days ago when you introduced the concept to me. Yeah, it's borderline art when you see it. Oh, it, absolutely! It's so beautiful. beautiful, and it's when you know what's going on, it makes it even more miraculous mm -hmm. that it's happening. So it's pretty much just a fractal uh, combination of. Uh, I forget how it's laid out. I'm not into mathematics very much, so I would be, I would it's, fail. It's a little over my head, to be honest. It is mm -hmm. over my head, too. So, pretty much, if you graph a line of numbers, and you say here is zero, and here's one, and here's minus one, the Mandelbrot set, uh, within a certain calculation, can create, like, this orb, and it'll have, like, a smaller orb down here. And let's say we paint those orbs black that we have. And if we move around a slider with a certain um, equivalent of pi, like calculating it or whatever, we can get these, like, there will be like spiral uh, things that are happening all within this black area. So just beautiful combinations of numbers that are actually representing themselves on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. um, and if you brim, like, say, the edge, you go up and you touch the edge of where this Mandelbrot set is, it blasts into infinity. Mm -hmm. As soon as you touch it, it just dives into infinity. And that's very important. And, and it's important in the spiritual process within our minds because th there's a generalized separation of things that happens. And you can see this in any religion. You can see this... Um, 
in any kind of philosophy or ideology, really, that there's something gray that is happening. And the grayness separates itself into two categories, white and black. And one is order and one is chaos. So order and chaos are like two things that we can never actually attain. Like you can't, you can't ever have perfect order in this world. It's like a non-subject. They're yeah. concepts. They're because not the they're second not... you have perfect order, you no longer have perfect order because there's no longer chaos. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not even an achievable thing. Like yeah. we can't even get there. Yeah, we like don't we even know what that looks like. We don't even know what perfect order looks like, and we don't know what perfect chaos looks like mm -hmm. because they're non-subjects. It's kind of like the idea of tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes because the only thing that exists is right now. Yeah. So the, what the Mandelbrot set does is within these black circles, you can have perfect order um, to a certain degree, and it will be infinite within that. And then as soon as you touch the brim, it explodes into chaotic infinity. And I'll put some, um, some graphic visual, like um, some links to some visual representations of this, because it's actually very interesting when you see the, the borderline between mm -hmm. order and chaos. It takes on a actual, like you said, it's art. Yeah, it's, borderline it's art, art. Yeah, It's beautiful. What, what, <laughs> and it's just mad. Yeah, it's just yeah. mad. It's mad. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, they use that set to calculate pure randomness for like something as simple as like how your your phone's music library shuffles its music in what yeah. order i think that they use the mandelbrot set for mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken to do to pick out the purely random numbers and do some a very simplified version of it for something like that yeah and they use it for all kinds of different like electronic applications like that for when they're looking for randomness yeah and I don't remember how it's applied exactly. I think Vsauce told me that. So go to Vsauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, Numberphile, too, has some really interesting videos on it. Um, which Numberphile, they're all about mathematics. And mm -hmm. all of the stuff that they talk about is way over my head. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, they're far better at explaining it. Yeah, they'll do a much better job of it than we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but but it, it is important to see that because it's something, the beauty of it is something that you don't have to understand the mathematics to recognize the beauty of what is happening. Mm -hmm. And for me, that feels like the fingerprint of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that I know how to interpret that. And, uh, you know, I don't... Oh, go ahead. I don't necessarily believe like in a, a finite God. Like I don't know that I'll ever be able to put a name on God. But to if see you, if something, you can, then it's not God. If you can, then it's no longer the thing that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the moment you try to put it in a box, it's not what you're talking about. Yeah, that destroys yeah. it. Yeah. But we can see a representation of that, and that's absolutely yeah. And that, that and the beautiful. mathematics and the beauty of what is the infinity and the pure just power unfathomable that, unfathomable power that is happening there and the the way that it's separated too order yeah. and chaos and we see this as a fractal within our lives that there there's order and there's chaos and this represented in deities and religious structures and even power structures exactly one side is order and one side is chaos and so we need to divide this thing and it, it's it's something that's significant because we can look within ourselves and see how that's happening mm -hmm. and to get a picture of that it's just well hey, we are chaotic 
by nature as a human being. Everything that we do yeah. from walking to breathing is chaotic in some form or another. Right. But when you get down to a molecular or cellular level, the order there is beautiful. Like look at a strand of DNA. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The order creates chaos in a way like that. If you want to get really philosophical about it. What we are is a product of both. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you have to be. And you are a unique uh, balance of ordering chaos exactly. from what I am and from what Jordan is. Yeah. If we were all absolute order, there would be no distinguishing factor mm -hmm. between any of us. Mm -hmm. And if there was all complete chaos, then none of us would be anything at all. Mm -hmm. And so there's a balance that happens there of turning the thing into the non-thing so that we can grasp this thing that we're calling reality right now. One and of my favorite, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and there's an infinite number of mixes, of, of blends of the two. Mm -hmm. um, that accounts for every individual. And um, we, were, we were talking about Hindu gods, how um, between this balance of order and chaos, there's some, what do you say, like 33 million? I think there's something like, and, and you know, who knows what, honestly, I mean, if the number is really 33 million, then honestly, who knows? Um, yeah. I don't think that it's like well-documented. Probably not. You know, and yeah. from my understanding, you know, each, like if you go to a rural village in India, you know, each different village will have their own God that you've never heard of yeah. before. Well, it's no wonder because there's 33 million of them, or maybe 45 million. Yeah, I mean, who knows what? There's an is. infinite amount. There's an infinite amount, you know, perceivably, of gods, and it's because the Hindus have gotten that, you know, you create the god. Yes. The 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 thing that you're worshiping is it's a product of you. It's a product of you that is encapsulated in a story, mm -hmm. and the emotional significance of the story yeah. carries with mm -hmm. it the knowledge mm -hmm. that it that it has by yeah. its nature yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot to unpack but it's there yeah yeah there's a really good book on that and i was telling jordan about it the other day i never did finish it but i started it twice and i just didn't finish it i think because my ipod broke at the time it's called american gods by neil yes i've read american gods that is the a perfect simplified presentation <laughs> oh, we got a puppy fight <laughs> Look, you quit it. Being a bad because dog. all the old gods of the world are aging out and fading away, and the new gods of technology are reigning over. Internet, and that's exactly what they do. The Hindus do with their religion. That's they create new empowering gods for whatever benefits their life in a way. And it depends on each region because each region needs to sustain different things and needs different mm -hmm. things to progress and different things mean different things to them. Different emotions are standing out in each different village. And that's kind of beautiful. So being aware that we create our gods, um, that we conceptualize them and then worship them, um, really what that tells me is that we're the real gods. Um, we, we're, well, I guess it's just how you look at it, but um, we create these ideas. And then um, there's a concept called an egregore. It was something I've talked to Jordan about before. Um, it's kind of a hard thing to explain, but um, I think I think when you when you have an imaginary friend, you know, like most children have an imaginary friend of some kind, but it's sort of uh, it's um, it's sort of looked at like it's silly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, if you create an imaginary friend or a god, 
because uh, there's really no difference. If you create that thing at a certain point, that idea becomes alive mm -hmm. and takes on a life independent of you. Um, Separates from your from your consciousness into right. reality. So what's really interesting about that is me and you like collaborate on mm -hmm. a god. It's like me and you together mm -hmm. decide what this god's going to look like, what it's based on is. our interpretations of what we want. Yeah. So that's a piece of me and it's a piece of you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's now, it's now neither of us also, it's uh, a separate thing. Exactly. And I think there's a literal truth to that where it exists out in, in the ethos somewhere. Well, that sounds very similar to the creation story of Adam and Eve. It's, he took his own, his own image oh, and his own personification of what he wanted to create and put that onto them and then they became their own things. Man is made in God's image. Exactly, and although they were made from him and what he wanted, they then gained their own self and we chose to sin and our, you know, if you read it down that way, you chose to sin or to do whatever we want to do until we got here. But we were initially just an extension of the being, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> what's funny is a man wrote that story, mm -hmm. a man. I mean, you know, even if you say it's divinely inspired, someone had to write that down at some point. Mm -hmm. So God makes man. And at the same time, man makes God because there's mm -hmm. someone telling that story. And it's, um, I think it's paradoxical. Like, um, maybe we, maybe because we're human and we, uh, have to have a, a human understanding of things. Maybe that's just outside of our reach Yeah. where it's like, actually it's both man makes God and God makes man. And it's a, I don't know. I'm getting to territory where it's hard for me to. Get it's hard to put it in words. You know, somebody that talks about this actually is uh, Ramana Maharshi. Um, he goes into this, and I'm not sure the years that he was, you know, giving lectures or his, you know, pilgrimage, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he has some really interesting things to say about it because I mean, he goes into think about it for yourself. You know, like think about how. What is it really? Is is it that God is making man? Is it that that happened? Mm -hmm. Or is it that we have created the stories of God? And so man makes God. Mm. And from my interpretation, that's, that seems to be true. Because any time that I call something God and I give it personalities, it no longer becomes the ultimate source of creation that I'm initially talking about. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start to define it, it's not what you're It's about. no longer the thing anymore. And, and there's no amount of language that I can get to that will ever bring that fruition. Right. It's just not the way that language it's works. It's outside of your parameters. Sorry, guys. Yeah. These puppies are being wild. Oh, hey, they're fine. Look at the puppies, guys. <laughs> yeah. Puppies oh, shimbiyah. <laughs> 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 they're right now. Daddy's enjoying a cookie. Tipsy. Get down. Thank you. She's going to end up ripping his head off. My thing is the, it feels to me that humans ultimate goal is self-preservation and in our instincts. Like we want to make it to the next day. We want to survive the night. We don't want to starve to death. We want to reproduce so that our gene pool keeps going on. Like that's basic human instinct. And that can be spread out and elaborated over a lot of different things. But one of the things we need for self-preservation is 
a belief system when it comes down to it. Because mental strength is arguably more important than physical strength. And if you're mentally strong, and if you're in the belief that the sun is a God, and that because that God will come up and brighten your day tomorrow, that that will give you the strength to continue, and you can't quit until that sun doesn't, doesn't come up anymore, that, that's initially where belief system probably came from in some sense. And right when you were just hungry enough to give up, you found, you found food. Right when, right when your crops were about to wither and die, it rained, and you became thankful for those things. Puppies. Sleepy, irritable. But because we became thankful for those things, those became, in a way, self-preservation that we would worship those things so they would keep happening. And yeah. we we have a tendency to personify things. Like if you have a favorite car, you call it a she. Like she's my favorite car. You know what I'm saying? She's a beauty. Exactly. Exactly. And that's. Like Jordan said, it's a kind of a bad habit because the second you personify the thing that does give you self-preservation, it no longer becomes the important deity that it once was, and you have to continue down the line. And when you give that generations and generations of different humans' mindsets giving personification to the thing that they think is valuable, then it changes. Like, like initially, it was probably the sun and the moon that we worship the most. And then we realized that the sun is what brightened the day and then heated the water in the air and then you got it dude. yeah and then because it heats yeah. the water in the air that means it loves us mm -hmm. and then because it loves us that means it probably put us here mm -hmm. and then if it put us here then it must look like us and then it continues down the line until it's what we have today and then that becomes a form of control which is what it was at one point i mean the government was the church and the church did what they needed to do to the bible which fitted for the time and I, I know a lot of people don't agree with that thought process, including my mother, but that's what, that's one thing that I believe. That, hey, that's a rabbit hole. And uh, yeah, exactly. we're, we're, we're going to go down it right now, even further. I'm down. Because yeah, um, there's this concept called aeons, um, or you could call them eras. And um, I believe it's something Alistair Crowley laid out. But um, there, <laughs> um, I'm not sure who conceptualized this this way. Uh, but there's the, uh, there's the age of Isis, there's the age of Osiris, and there's the age of Horus. And, um, it's going to take a second to unpack, but, um, those are all three Egyptian gods. Mm -hmm. And, um, Isis was the, the mother, Osiris was the father, and Horus was the child. Now, if you go back, if you go back, uh, like 3000 BC prior back to um, sort of to the beginning of um, like what we remember of our history, like what's written down mm -hmm. and further back the religions of that time, they all worshiped the mother and um, the gods of that time were characterized. Okay. If you think about, if you think about like, uh, forget everything, you know, you're just an individual in this reality moving around. Okay. You're born into this world and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> There's a, I'm sorry. you're, you're uh, okay. At, at that point in time, everyone was just fucking. It's a giant, orgy. Yeah. giant orgy. No one even knows where babies come from. They're a gift. Yeah. 
It's just like women are these magical creatures that spit babies out. No one knows where they come from. It's just like, yeah, women have this power where they make babies. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's fucking, they don't know. (laughs) So, okay. So your mother, she feeds you. She, you're like at her bosom. She, she gives you life. Oh, you came she, out of her. Yeah, she, she is, she is your god. Yeah. She, she made you, and now, now she's nurturing you. Now she's feeding you. Okay. Well, at a certain point, you get weaned from your mother, and now you have to survive off the land. Mm-hmm. While the earth is your mother now. That's Mother Gaia. Mm-hmm. So it's all about worshiping the feminine and the earth. Now, at a certain point. People started to understand where babies came from, that it was the, the woman had to be impregnated mm-hmm. uh, by the seed. So what happens at this point is we enter the age of Osiris. This is the male god era. And um, instead of being about feminine and the earth, it's now about the masculine and the sun, mm-hmm. because the sun is what provides those nutrients to the earth. Mm-hmm. So now people of this time start worshiping the sun. Now, if you guys haven't heard this, it's going to blow your fucking mind. Uh, <laughs> the sun, uh, it, it's born in the morning. It dies in the evening. <clears throat> and it's resurrected the next day. Mm-hmm. S-U-N, S-O-N, son of God. Like, mm. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is, uh, he, <laughs> he's born, he's died. And he's resurrected. I, I think Jesus is a metaphor for the literal sun in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a way for people to conceptualize that idea. And um, what's interesting is Aleister Crowley in 1914, no less, declared the death of Christianity. Really? Which is in 1914, right? Wow. That's wild. So he, uh, he says, listen, Christianity, it's going it's to take a long time to die. Like it's going to take thousands of years for this transition to happen, but we are experiencing, we're, we're leaving the age of Osiris and we're entering the age of Horus. Now Horus is the child of Isis and Osiris. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from worshiping God, the mother to God, the father to God, the child or God, the children. And if you look around you, that's true. We worship rock stars. We mm-hmm. worship. Yeah actors we worship tiktok stars like the men of god or the children of god rather than the gods themselves you'll get like characters which i mean obviously i don't know these people personally but just the absurdity of some of the things that happen like you look at people like i don't know logan paul or something you know Mm -hmm. yeah how did he get to that level yeah or the girl that went on dr phil and uh yeah catch me outside outside, (laughs) Um, she's a deity (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous fertility it's actually happening people (laughs) people buy into it it's like people are into that yeah that's the popular conscious consensus is that that's what we're doing now well the kardashians are the best example because They're famous because their mom. You'll keep going. I got their their mom bred with the OJ lawyer, and then he died, and then she married an Olympic athlete, and then he turned into a woman, and Kim fucked an NFL player, and the other one fucked an NBA. Like they're just famous for who they fuck. Yeah, mom, mom included. Yeah, and the rest of them are hooking up with rappers and who the fuck. Oh, they're the perfect example of it because they're. 
the unreachable goal for a person. That's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, and it's like, what is the path to get on that goal? And it's just something that's absolutely ridiculous. Yes, nothing that any human should want to do. Right, nothing that any person that's like mature within their brain will be like, okay, that's a reasonable thing I need to shoot for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will say this, your description of the the mother and the earth and um, the son and the father that didn't go where I thought it was going to, and I'm not cracking on it. I'm just saying no, because um, the first thing that came in my head whenever you were talking about we started off worshiping the mother is well, that's because probably at the time men still held a hierarchical position, right? Women women were I'm guessing at the time more of the homestead wife, and the men did the more dangerous things or the more ritualistic things. And because of that, when they did something spiritual, they encountered women, which most men encounter women smoking DMT. Mm. And that's a very common mm. thing. Your first several times is meeting the women. Actually, now she mentioned it, everyone I've talked to about DMT has met her. Yeah. Just her, whoever she is. Right. Well, and then also, I, I don't know if it's the most potent, but I know it's one of the most known potent plants in the world that contains DMT. Like the most concentrated dose is the acacia bush in the Middle East. And they strongly believe that that burning is bush. what the burning bush was. Yeah. They strongly believe that. And that's from their their college well, it makes in the Middle East. Too, because even within the, um, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant, the way that they were wrapping... Uh, the exterior and mm-hmm. the, or the, the most holy yeah. or whatever um, that they were getting into. Um, when that practice was going on, the tent had to be full of incense. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, okay, well, what was the incense? And it's like frankincense and something else. And there's a lot of debate that what was actually happening was these people were getting high on lists out of their fucking mind on DMT DMT and talking to God and talking to God. Yeah. Because I don't care what you do. And you take, if you take DMT the right way, and if you take the hits to the point where you're supposed to, where you break through, because you're going to know when you take enough, you know, because you don't know anymore. If you're still, if (laughs) you're still able, if you're you're able to set up and say, I like, yeah, I really like, if you're able to set up and say, fuck, I'm high, then you're not high enough. And you got to take one, maybe two more. Because when you, when you really get high, you, you no longer human. Like your body's a fucking hus. You're fucking in the words of your here. I can you get fully loaded. Fully loaded. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a toke away. Oh my god! And that's like the—that's like the ultimate fully loaded. Well, if I was don't get more loaded than that. No, if I was in a time where yeah, the most exciting run. shit that I saw was a shooting star, if that was the most exciting thing that I had ever seen, and I smoked DMT, I would be the fucking prophet. I swear, I, I would write a fucking book about the god. Yeah. Oh, if yeah, I did, fine. it makes yeah. me want to do it today. In 2020, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's infinitely, if somebody from that time came today and saw the shit that we had, we would literally be held as deities in their eyes. We are no longer human to them. And I don't think that reduces that experience anymore. No. You should do that. Yes, that's the feeling yeah. you should walk away from. It doesn't right. matter what time it is. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand years in the future from yeah. now. When you take DMT, it will shatter the glass ceiling of whatever your expectations are of what reality really is. Why do you guys think it's illegal? <clears throat> 
Okay, so yeah, <laughs> this uh, is a lot. I can't I put my fucking crock on. Single fucking good reason. Okay, so <laughs> this is a lot. Recently, <laughs> recently they had that big. I don't know if it was by WikiLeaks. I keep calling it the WikiLeaks dump, but they just did. I don't know if it was actually by WikiLeaks, but I know a lot of the files in the government got dumped, and it's like borderline a copy of everything. And I keep saying that because it's it was so much shit, and you didn't see that anywhere. Uh, you saw it on Facebook if you follow the right kinds of pages or on Reddit, but that's about fucking it because nobody ran with that story. But shit got dumped. Well, people that are better than me and have far more time on their hands than I do went and dug through this shit. And I saw one of the articles and one of them was discussing the federal government and it didn't say what branch using dimethyltryptamine as a drip and keeping people in this realm for weeks at a time or days at a time to a week. Keeping them under. Okay. Can you imagine? Oh my like, god! Like dripping in an IV or something. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent five minutes in there the other day and had to remember that I was a human. I had to look at my hands and think, "Oh, fake. Okay, I'm Aiden again. Fuck. No. Can you imagine a week under? Actually, um, a friend of mine was just telling me that uh, what um, they someone did a study where he was, he had people hooked up to an IV with mm-hmm. it. And when you, when you get to a certain uh, dose, you don't bring back anything. It's like, I know that was really profound, but mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about it. Mm-hmm. People have the best trips. People have really bad trips mm-hmm. when they don't take enough either. Yeah. So you have to get, there's um, right over the, right over the breakthrough threshold is where you want to be. If you, if you're hooked up to an IV and you get too much, you can actually, you're not going to bring anything. It. You're not going to bring anything. Back. The, well, well, it's, it's almost like the the thing that is our our memory. Yeah, is breaking away from us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like that. That's because that is something that's here in this world. Yeah, you want your body to give out because your body is the tool that gets you there. And once it stops, that's whenever yeah. your mind can go. Right. You want your body to break free for a minute so your mind can get out. But if you go past that, then it's useless. And there's no fucking good reason why it's illegal. But the problem is, is that when they put them on these drips, they don't plan on them bringing anything back necessarily. They're not doing it for them to have an experience. They're sending them there as like uh, ambassadors. Negoti- yes, ambassadors, negotiators with these Let's other things. Let's get some Alex Jones shit. It is, yeah. but this is what he talked about in 2018 on Joe Rogan, yeah, right? Years ago. But this is 2020 when this gets dumped, and this is in a federal fund, yeah. right? And they're talking about we're, they're getting sent there as ambassadors and being left there for periods of time. And they're having several instances of people not being able to return. What? Yes, just coma of a body. Coma. Like their body's useless, they're gone. They can't retrieve them, they take the drip out, they're no longer in their- Oh shit, they don't come back. Yeah, they're just in. They're just in. Dude. I know, I'm not fucking, this was in the fucking file that I read. This is, that's what I'm getting at. Like that's the reason. And in that same tone of breath, it was, I don't know if it was because I'm reading these on fucking screenshots and shit because I'm not digging for them myself. So in the same sequence of things that I read, something was saying that they've concluded that they've done with this. They have concluded that there's no mathematical formula or equation that we can duplicate that can simulate an alternate universe or reality. We can't figure that out through our physical restraints in math. The only way is through the mind. You can, that is the only access point that humans know of to actually leave this reality into the next. And, and that's not a hallucinogenic perspective. State. It's not even from the, from the perspective of the brain. It's from consciousness. Yeah, but that's, that's your portal through it. Like, not not it. the brain, but the soul. Yeah, but, yes. Your brain is like the, the deadbolt on your consciousness. Like you have to open the brain for it to leave. Yeah, you have to turn it all on and then your signal's out. Mm-hmm. 
but you have to tune in your brain perfectly or else it's not going to happen. We're tuned into this reality, but there's exactly. an infinite number well, like of acid is like Acid is, is like if the window to the other reality is muddy as shit. Acid's like wiping it with a dirty paper towel. And it's like, look at that. That's almost, I can almost see out. Because it opens it up just a little bit. Yeah. But when you take DMT, it fucking, the shotgun slug through the fucking window. Yeah. And it's like, look at that shit. <laughs> there's no more fucking there, window and there's like you're dropped in the middle of the and then they give you a new window and put it up for you yeah. <laughs> like you gotta go back now i'm yeah, sorry you're back. yeah you have to go back we, we have to drop you off and you can come back again later and it's weird in that experience how clear that is yeah because you're still aware that you're there you're completely sober it's not like any other kind of drug because other drugs change you yeah. even alcohol or yeah. caffeine you, you take caffeine and you're hyper. Yep. You drink alcohol and you get drunk, you get slurry, you know, you smoke some weed and you get, I don't know, anxiety mm -hmm. or something like that. DMT does not do that to you. If it you have fear, it's because mind, you're doing something wrong. And it, it puts your sober mind somewhere else, your sober consciousness. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, calling it a psychedelic is a mischaracterization. Absolutely. Yeah. The moments before you launch are psychedelic. Like if you do three good hits, if you don't do the fourth, you'll have three or four good minutes of a good fucking time. And then you hit, if you take it up, you hit that. Yeah. And then you're yeah. gone. Yeah. Yep. And then, then it's no longer a psychedelic experience. Then it is, your consciousness is now in a different place. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna deliver you back to your body. Don't worry, you'll be back in a minute. But just fucking experience it while you're there. Mm -hmm. And this is also interesting to show that the government may be admitting this amongst themselves now that that's the only access point. But the church is known because outside the Vatican, you have the statue of the pine cone. Yeah, which is the pineal gland. Yeah. It's yeah, and which is yeah. protected by what everything that's up here that we call the brain surrounds it and cushions the pineal gland. Yeah, and uh, now now I want to talk about fluoride because uh, <laughs> they put chemicals in our water, turn freaking frogs gay. Turn yeah. frogs gay. <laughs> well, I mean that is true. That it's, is true, actually. That's actually yeah. true. That's happening. If you don't believe that, you can look that up. That's actually a thing. Alex Jones again. And it began. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it is literally true. But also, uh, they're putting chemicals in the water, and they've been doing it since the fucking sixties that calcify your pineal gland yeah. and makes it inactive. And dude, okay, you guys know who Stanley Kubrick is? Yeah. I don't. Stanley the, Kubrick? The director? The Shining? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah The Shining, okay. uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Um, Didn't he do the color, or not, uh, the orange, it's clockwork orange, did he do that? Yes. There you go. There's okay, yeah. I saw that movie not too long ago. Yeah. Clockwork Orange, um, he, did, he did a bunch of, oh, 2001 A Space Honest. Yeah. Um, but one with of the I, with the thing on the the moon, obelisk, yeah. the obelisk, yeah, that's all Stanley Kubrick. Okay, uh, interesting. Very okay, interesting. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. But he actually died uh, while Eyes Wide Shut was being filmed, mm -hmm. or right after it had been filmed, right right before it came out in theaters. Eyes Wide Shut is a Tom movie starring Tom Cruise, where he enters a secret society where they have blood rituals. Stanley Kubrick died while that movie was being released. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Anyway, one of Stanley Kubrick, it's an old black and white movie. It's one of the best fucking movies ever made. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, Dr. Strangelove. And it's an old black I've heard and white of it, movie. yeah, but I don't know it. 
it's a, it's an old black and white movie and it's a comedy and i swear to god there is not a funnier movie to this day <laughs> but it's it's from the fucking 60s this mm-hmm. dude was light years yeah. ahead of his time okay and there's a dude in that movie he's like you know they put fluoride in our water that calcifies your pineal gland and i'm i'm, I'm watching this in like 2018 yeah and i'm like where the fuck did that come from? Left field as shit, yeah. This, okay, this was a very popular movie in the 60s, so this is this was just common knowledge, dude. And, like, nothing's been done about it. Does it pass that guy off as, like, a like a paranoid guy? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what they want, though. No, I'm not saying Stanley Kubrick in general, but that may have been the only way he could get that he's message gotta, out. He's got to like, do it somehow. He's he's sneak it as out. calling the guy crazy, but... Meanwhile, that he knows. You, you called know. it, dude, because that character is, um, he's very unhinged. And see, I asked you that before I even knew, uh-huh. yeah, because I knew that's the only way you are going to show yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, if you want to if you want to block off the direct line to what actually is spirituality, what actually is the root of probably fucking all religion aside from Mormonism and shit that is, and Buddhism and shit that's man-made, I'm not shitting on those. I mean, if you, that is what you are, then that is what you are. That's fine. I don't care. You won't hear me judge you a fucking bit. I don't give a shit. But the root of true spiritual religion is from the pineal gland and the access to what is the other place. The ethereal. And I don't give it a name because I'm not wise. We already discussed giving it a name. Yeah. Not do it justice. No, and that's not my fucking place. Which talking on toothpaste, I wanted to say, uh, I think there's like a naked toothpaste brand. Uh, I think it's called Naked, but they have. Fluoride free. Yeah. So if you guys ever go to Walmart mm-hmm. next time, buy some fluoride free stuff. Yeah. Uh, you want your pineal gland to be yes. open. You don't want to calcify it any more than it already has. And the best way to keep something in shape is to use it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's actually <laughs> exercises. Um, next time wait, you guys wait. try this. Next time you guys go to bed, just focus your energy. Like with your eyes closed while you're trying to fall asleep, focus your energy right here. I swear, you can feel it. You can feel something here like Direct a muscle access. like a muscle you're you're flexing you're just just try and focus all of your energy in the spot and that's not an idea i came up with that's something i can't remember who presented that to me it was it might have been mckenna at one time there was a, i think that's a broad idea too at one time there was a group of people that could access that trip on demand i'm convinced of it i'm I convinced we're talking about meditation yeah well yes but there is a there and, and there's uh, Terrence McKenna's brother. I always forget his first Dennis, name. Dennis, yeah, Dennis. Yeah. He he's a big uh, he's a big pusher of the lamp. I can't remember what the lamp is called. It's like a lamp you meditate under, and it's a mm-hmm. light that induces the DMT trip. It's like an Whoa. eight it's like an eight hour meditation. Like it's a day. Like you're oh. spending a day for the trip. And I've heard it's not even as intense as what you would be get from smoking it. Um, but I'm convinced at one point people's minds were so uncluttered and focused in on what truly was that they could do this almost on demand. Like they knew how to focus their brain. They knew the thought process. They knew the focus and commitment and belief system involved. And they may even have regular access to these beings. Like that could, because when you do communicate with them, yes, they know you on a personal level because it feels like they're your parent, but it feels like they're like up to date with the times almost mm. like they know, they know what you need because of what you've experienced and they're aware of everything that we're in. It feels like they just can't get to us anymore. So mm. they get excited when we show up to them because they miss talking to us. Dude. Um, I was talking earlier about Ouija boards, mm-hmm. um, which again, I want to, um, 
I, I really don't like that spiritualism is frowned upon. It's treated like hocus pocus yeah. bullshit. Because I bought, I bought a Ouija board, okay? Me and this girl I was seeing at the time, and we, we bought this board, okay? And it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, it's a circle with the cat. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it plenty of times. Okay, yeah, it's, it's not. Um, when you think of a Ouija board, it's rectangular, and the letters are displayed like a rainbow almost, mm -hmm. and it's got the planchet is triangular. Which is actually designed after a wishbone. Mm -hmm. But um, this this board is uh, the letters are in a circle, okay? Mm -hmm. And the planchet itself is also a circle. Mm -hmm. When I bought this, I didn't know that there was. I thought this was a different style. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a difference between those kinds of boards. It was later on when I got really heavy into uh, witchcraft and the occult and studied, like seriously studying it, that I realized uh, I learned that there is a difference between the two. Uh, one is called an evoking board, E-V-O-K-I-N-G, and one is an invoking board, I-N-V-O-K-I-N-G. Mm -hmm. And um, you can imagine the difference as a window versus an open door. Yeah. So if, I, if I'm using an, an evoking board, um, I, there's not any serious risk because even if you're talking to something malicious and angry, um, it's on the, it's, you're protected by this yeah. wall. It can't get through to you. And I think that's true. Um, within, and it's all about shape. It's about sacred geometry. It's um, something about shapes and connected with the human mind, observing it. Yeah. Because a Ouija board, it's a piece of cardboard. It's fucking yeah. ha Hasbro makes them. Yeah. There's nothing special about that. What it is is the magician's focus on an object, which I have friends that channel spirits without a board. They've never even fucking touched a Ouija board. They don't need that shit. I call it training wheels because it eases you into the idea of talking to spirits. Mm -hmm. um, an invoking board does not have that barrier. Um, you, it's, it's shaped like a circle. And what that represents is you are within the circle with something else. So that's where um, things like bodily possession come into play. Now, you mentioned when you um, have had DMT trips, it's like these things are aware but they're excited to talk to you because they don't, they're not there anymore. Yeah. They feel like they, they're missing out on the conversation. They got to yeah. catch up. They got it. Yeah. So Ed, uh, with, without exception, every single time I've, I've probably done it at least a hundred times at this mm -hmm. point, every time I have communicated with the spirit, it's ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Like, um, which I mean, do what you will with this information. I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. Don't just take it. <laughs> I say it face value. Okay. But my experience, I, I've been, I've had experienced bodily possession uh, to where like my hands, um, let me explain this a little better. The first time it happened, um, okay, if you, uh, you got your hand on a Ouija board, if someone else is touching it, right? Like say me and you mm -hmm. touching a Ouija board um, and neither of us have experienced anything supernatural mm -hmm. Um when the thing starts moving, even if you and I trust each other really yeah. well, the immediate instinct is... Okay, this fucker's touching it. This fucker's touching it. <laughs> he's moving it. What's interesting about a Ouija board is as... If you're humor it, like, okay, maybe mm -hmm. he, maybe he's moving it, but I'm just gonna mm -hmm. you know, see what happens. After a certain point, you're like, oh, he, this thing is saying things that... Mm -hmm. This isn't this isn't him. Um, well, um, the first time I used one... Uh, the um it was in like i said it was an invoking board which i i want to bring this kind of stuff to light because if you're thinking about buying a ouija board 
you need to be careful about the product you're getting because um, start out with an evoking board. Start out with something, you're, you're, what you think of typically when you see a Ouija board. Because I had no fucking idea. We had, we had no idea what we were getting into. But I didn't even believe it. I was doing it as a joke. I was an atheist. And I had my hand on this planchet. And after it's talking to us for a while, after it's moving around, I feel like there's a string wrapped around my finger. And it's like doing that. And I'm like, that's weird. That's really fucking weird. But it's not... I was, uh, I was also on LSD, which is an important, <laughs> important detail in the story. I don't think that discounts it because yeah. I think the two are hand in hand. Well, it's, it, I don't think it discounts it also because mystical experience it can happen naturally and it can be invoked by yes. psychedelics. You got to open the brain yes. up. Yes. You have to open your brain up and that's yeah. something that's important to be mentioned, but right. continue. Yeah. Like exactly. Cause at this point I can channel spirits without psychedelics, without a board if I wanted to. Yeah, it's just it's just a mental process. Right. But at the time, you know, I didn't have any frame of reference. So I needed a board and I needed psychedelics to break that mold in my head. Yes. And um, anyway, so I'm, I'm experiencing bodily possession at this point. It's kind of, but I'm, I'm tripping. And what's interesting is I'm tranced out. So I'm watching this, but I'm not scared. I'm like, okay, something else is moving my finger, but I'm just going to let it happen. I'm just going to see what happens. So it, um, it kind of moves up my hand. It's doing this. And my immediate thought is this is like, this is like physical therapy. Mm -hmm. This is like, if you were trying, like, um, say you were injured in combat or something, it's like, um, you know, your physical therapist is like, okay, you know, make a fist. Yeah. You have to relearn that muscle. So this thing's trying to learn how to use my hand. Yeah. And so it's doing this just over and over and over and over again, probably like a hundred times. And then once it's, it feels comfortable with that, it's like starts rotating my shoulder. And at this point I'm like, Okay. So I consciously wiggle my toes and I'm like, okay, I can, yeah. I can. and then I, I stop it. I mean, just for a second, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still in control of this. Yeah. So it doesn't really scare me at that point. Cause I'm like, I, I've got this, like, I'm just going to let it happen, but I'm in control. I'm in charge of what's going on. So, um, anyway, that was a, uh, I got off on a tangent, but you were talking about how the enthusiasm Every time I've met one of these things, it's so excited to be using my body. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, I'm in a human fucking body right now. And uh, it, it doesn't want to leave. It makes you wonder if when we smoke DMT and if we go there, if we're not, if we're not um, renting a vessel from there. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, shit. Because that's how we traverse the world so freely like they do. Yeah. Dude, like two sides of the same thing. They're, they're like, you should be excited. This is what we're doing. And yet we don't even really know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. If you, go yeah. Enough, if you go enough, you'll understand. Like Those questions are unanswerable almost. But. Yeah. And see, the thing that is, is form. Yeah. It comes down to form. Yeah. Because it's like, what is the form of another that's out there? Because if you go in there, it doesn't have one. It yeah. doesn't have It's one. whatever it wants to be in the moment. And, and it's the same for when you're there and you look and you don't have a form either. Yeah. But you know that you're there. They can be very humanoid if they want to. It's like they know what we look like. Like they've, been, they, they've visited here enough to know. But it's so hard for them to recreate this there. But they fucking try. Like they try to look as humanoid as, as possible. And this is something that's cool. The first time I went, I had never, I had, 
I had listened to a little bit of Terrence McKenna, but he's very open-ended with this shit. Like the only thing you're going to hear him say something about a deity is a fucking self-propelled basketball and an elf. But there's no description of shit. So whenever you go in, you're like, I don't know what the fuck to prepare for. So whenever I went and I saw her, I didn't know what to make of it. And she was being very coy with how she was showing herself to me. And then I, out of nowhere, I get a full body right in my face image of her. And she looks like a fucking Mayan carving. Like she just looks Mayan. She looks like she has the Mayan headdress with feathers. And she that's just what she looked like. Jawline and everything. And I only got to see her once though. But since I've gone back, there is a strong mixture between them trying to look modern and then what I would say traditional. Like they remember what we were dressed as back then and they're trying to recreate that. But then some of them are like, no, no, they don't dress like that. Like it's us now. This is the clothing that like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It feels like they're trying to appeal to us as a human spectrum instead of as the time that we're in. Because yeah. time here is distorted for them like it is for us there. Yeah. And they don't know how to interact because they don't know where we're at like they're wondering where we're coming from wow. at the time. yeah that's a really good that's what timeline are you in what do we need to show you exactly huh. that's something that kalindi lee actually gets into which if anybody is watching this kalindi lee um he he goes into extremely high doses of psilocybin is that that's the dude you showed me yeah 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 um, yeah i really recommend that guy also yeah um and what he has to say about it is very interesting and it goes along the lines of what you were saying mm. because he talks about how lsd can only get you so far because there's only so much memory that's capsuled mm. within in the time it's only been LSD. it's only been around for like 50 60 years. yes so that route within our mind that that, that reality is still building its construct it's still building well, meanwhile for humans we have 150,000 years of of dmt that's yeah. producing our reality as we know it. and they're building off of that so every time we go they're like which one are you what do you want to see are you here for this or this that's why each experience is different because it's like checking in on a different time yeah like i told you about i had that one breakthrough like i've only had one breakthrough mm -hmm. i've done it several times but i've only uh, had the balls to three for three to, <laughs> nice, nice, it's fucking scary i mean yeah i mean that's fucking to do it again to think of somebody like terrence mckenna and to think that he did it almost every day for like 25 years i'm like you are the bravest fucking human to on think that, land. to think balls. that he did it on the peak of an LSD trip. Yeah, yeah, oh, doing it while story. on LSD. That is a funny that's story. That's yeah. hilarious. That right? almost sent like doing. I, I don't. I'm not gonna unrecommend. Like I'm not gonna say don't do that. Yeah, don't don't but, let that discourage you. Definitely yeah, do it if you get the. The only thing, thing I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do it if I had alcohol in my system enough to disorient me. Mm -hmm. That's almost disrespectful. Yeah. Because you're not you're not just fucking tripping. We need to like it is an experience of going into someone's home mm -hmm. and showing up drunk. And expecting to be catered to yeah and they don't like that no and yeah. i keep saying they, they if you've never gone it is a they but it won't don't, make any sense don't expect a good time expect a profound time yeah and be yeah. respectful be humble be respectful and if you get a good time be thankful so that's one of the things about yes. it is is the emotional significance yeah because and it, it's almost one of the things that creates it as a whole is the emotion that's carried along with it. I don't think I've ever been more emotional in all of my life. Jordan came to my house crying. 
And I don't think you mind me telling you that. And it yeah. wasn't out of sadness or fear. He was just profoundness. I've yeah. never seen Jordan like that. It was amazing. And I don't get like that often. No, I'm not usually a terribly emotionally per, uh, an emotional person. Yeah. But this will pull you to a level of emotion that you cannot normally access. Yeah. And it's with the emotion all of these other things are happening to you while you're there. Mm-hmm. And just the whole experience as a whole, it's just words cannot. Just that's the best way. Words cannot. Yeah. As as much as we talk about it, there's sorry no guys, I'm getting a phone call. No, you're good, man. Um but like I was telling him earlier about that that one trip I had that was like um like uh it that, that trip I had at your place, right? Yeah. My breakthrough experience and how painful that was for me. Yeah. Um, so when I did it um, this last time, you know, like my, it's like, I really Anxiety. Yeah. My friend was like, you want this? I'm like, I was like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I really, really don't. But I think I should, you know? It's like, I really, really don't want to do this. But um, I don't even think I told you about this yet. I um the experience I had that time. Um, they're just simply it's it wasn't a uh, lack of trying. We simply didn't have enough for me yeah. to have a breakthrough experience. But um, oh, I didn't tell you about this. I was uh, I had so much anxiety going into it, but as soon as I hit it, all that anxiety, all of it, me. yeah, all of it dissipates and. I was I was immediately wrapped in this warmth, and um, I didn't have any visuals, but I remember being rocked. Like, and I, as I was leaving the trip, I remember hearing waves. So it felt like I was in a boat, just not rough water, but just very gently rocking back and forth in the sea, and it also gave me this idea of being cradled like like in it like a like a baby in its mother's arms like it was very soothing yeah it was bliss it was yeah and i was just i came out of this like wow i thought that was going to be so rough and it was just nothing but peace and i also got this uh intuition that what they they realized it was what the the previous experience had been too much. And they're like, okay, well, we don't need, that was obviously too much for him. Yeah. So we're not going to do that again. We're going to give him a, the opposite side of the spectrum this time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, um, I had a really rough experience, but it was also what I needed at the time. It was something that you found Mm -hmm. profound. Yeah. And you can make use of it, but it's like, they understood that I don't need that anymore. So, what was it that you were taking? I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, um, I was I was telling you uh, before the podcast mm-hmm. about that the one breakthrough experience mm-hmm. I had that was really uh, yeah, yeah, rough yeah. on me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a lot out of that. I'm glad I had yeah. that experience. But this um, this most recent time when I took it, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have a breakthrough, but it wasn't for lack of trying. We simply didn't have enough. Yeah. Um, so I took all that was left. But uh, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to have enough for <laughs> and it still wasn't enough for a breakthrough but it was still like they can still they yeah. still get their message across someone that i taken it with again i'll just be very subtle with it but they 
the first one they had it was very violent and they were not happy with them as a person is what he told me and he said i feel like my mom is mad and upset at me and that i've been doing everything wrong like i feel like it's my parents are just disappointed and he was emotional he cried right out like he came out of it crying and then he went again weeks later and it was the exact opposite like they were still stern with him to make sure he stayed on the right track it felt like but it wasn't it wasn't as disappointed it was more we're proud of you yeah but don't slack up and then someone else that took it who these all were full-on five to ten minute breakthroughs hers was actually well, i'll say that hers was actually short hers was like four minutes maybe and hers was calm but before she did it she was shaking like borderline like almost in tears from scared but she was like she was like i'm doing it she's like i'm gonna do it mm. she was terrified and the whole time she said i went in and the jester came and he like was making me laugh but she laughed for the first minute of her trip and she was like he was making me laugh and uh he was playing with me and showing me how he could do cool stuff and then he took me into this big green garden and she said a waterfall was coming from the sky and uh there was somebody there who looked like one of those old roman marble statues of a man who was standing there she said he was picking these big fruits off of a bush and would show them to me and then make them disappear and he would grab another one and show them to her and make them disappear and he was like trying to get her to come grab one and she was she's like i was too scared to move i didn't oh, go over shit. there and grab anything she's like i stood there was there masculinity it she, she was a man but she huh. said it was like she said that when she would wouldn't go over there to him she said it wasn't because i was scared of the bush or where i was she's like i felt super comfortable where i was she's like i felt like he was god and i'm not supposed to come that close to him mm. she's like she felt intimidated by his presence not by out of fear just the she, she didn't feel worthy to go talk to that yeah, person. Yeah, it's really interesting because this is common that when males take DMT, they see women. They'll see women. And the women. And when the, the women will see men. It's the opposite of the ego. But they also mm -hmm. catered it to her, which is the important thing. She was terrified. Yeah. And yeah. the first thing that they did was make her laugh to break her. That is her really in. cool. And then the second thing they did, they took her somewhere peaceful and calm. And he was just showing her, hey, you can pick this fruit and you can have this and you can bring this back with you if you want to. And then she said that she stood there for like a day, like a whole day. And she realized that she's like, I got responsibilities at home. I have to go back. He's like, oh, do you want to go back? And she's like, yeah, I can go back. And she, she's like, it was a conversation they had of like, well, you can go if you want to, or you can stay. She's like, oh, I'll go. I've got stuff I got to do. And he just, she said she remembers him escorting her in the living room and laying her on the couch. And then she came to. This was how my third trip. Um, Super vivid. My third trip, I had full conversation with her and I begged, I begged to let me stay. I'm mean, two or three different times. I, I literally, if I could have been on my, my non-realistic knees there, I would have said, please let me stay. Do not make me go back. And every time it was, you're going to come back, but you got to go, but you're, you're going to come gonna back. You're going to get here eventually. Yeah. yeah. Every time. And it was comforting, but whenever I came to, I was so upset for about an hour. I was very upset. I was sad. Yeah. But that's the goal. Don't like, be too sad, man. Yeah, exactly. You'll get there. Exactly. You'll get there. Uh, that's the goal. Is to be be like, if you're going to be disappointed, be disappointed in the fact that you have to come back here. 
because you, that, you know that wherever that is, you're going to go eventually again. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Whether you smoke it again or not, I think that's where the you're going to The important thing is to make the most of your time while you're here. Because now that we've all done that, we understand the significance of loving this, this life. That's yeah. what every experience I get is just be kind and love. Yeah. Just be better. Just yeah. be as good as you can. Just be better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the root of every freaking religion that's, there is just give yeah. knowledge, be better, be loved, be happy, yeah. Yeah. make everybody else's experience as good as possible. And if you have to suffer a little bit to make other people happy, then it's worth it in the end. It's yeah. worth it. Because if, yes. you and if everybody does that, then nobody's suffering. Because at the end exactly. of the day, we're all going to be wrapped in this light. Yeah. So none of this matters. Yeah. Everything is temporary. Everything's fleeting. At the end of the day, you're going to be okay. Yep. You're going to yeah. be fine. I've never felt anything but bliss, love, so, occasionally extreme sexual tension there. But aside from that, Jordan can Jordan can mirror that. I, yeah, me. Jordan's told me. <laughs> yeah. In sexual, sexual is the wrong word, but that's what it comes off to us. It's the, the only thing you can compare. Yeah, that's the only word we have. Language that we have for like you come out and your wiener is still vibrating after you've been sober for ten minutes. You know, I really wish I'd had that experience, but I haven't. It's I've almost had an old Asian it's lady. almost intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost scary. Like, what were the fuck were they doing to me? What were they doing to you? Like, out was <laughs> 10 minutes out, and my, my dick was still like, I was like, what is wrong? You know, something else, I, uh, something else I've noticed. Everyone, except one, everyone I've talked to about DMT has had a lot to say about it, about their experience. Except, do you remember when Carrie took it? Yes. All Carrie had to say when she came out of it was it was a carnival. <laughs> Good gestures. Yeah, I remember her saying that, yeah. And I think she just kind of got it, that it's like the, the ego is trying to grasp what happened and bring back something. Because something I get stuck in is um, when I'm there, or the, the one time I've been there, I wanted to like, it's like, what am I going to tell Jordan when I get back? Yeah. Like, what am I going to tell Jordan and, and Carter about like what happened? And I think that is a very limiting aspect of it's, it's my ego. I have, to, I have to kill that next time mm -hmm. I go in. But um, she, something I noticed is she just she didn't have hardly anything to say about it, and it's such a profound thing. You would think that, like, why wouldn't you have something to say about? Well, it? that yeah. was that was the girl I was just but talking about too. She came out of it, and she said first thing she said. She sat up and was like coughing a little bit, and she said, "I don't think anything really happened to me." And then we all kind of laughed because, like, I just watched you twitch and you know unconsciously and do the gulp the. The gulp that everybody a lot just happened. To yeah, me. I watched you just do that for five minutes, and then about ten minutes later, she stood up and got a drink and came back and sat down, and she was like, "Uh, what about this?" And then just unloaded the whole thing on me, and I was like, "What do you mean nothing happened?" I was like, "That was beautiful. They catered that just for you." Well, it's, but she had to dig that out of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she had to take a second and recognize, "Well, I wasn't dreaming. Like, I wasn't actually asleep. I didn't just dream that shit." Like. That's actually, that is what happened. Mm -hmm. I thought that was something that already happened because that's the way your mind is still thinking. Um, an older man had done it uh, around us. I'm not sure exactly how old uh, he was. I think he was somewhere in the range of 75 to 80. Whoa. And uh, he, um, he had done it. He wanted to ever since he had first heard about it. He said, I've done everything under the sun. And, you know, he was an old hippie type guy. You know, and he said, this is something that I've been dreaming about going to, a place that I've been dreaming to going to ever since 
I first started delving into psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And when he went, he came out and he was in tears. And he didn't say much about it. He didn't say hardly anything. Actually, he didn't say anything about it. I still have no idea what he experienced there at all. But he was in tears. Something had struck him that he had needed to know his entire life. And before he, he went, he had to know it. Before he died, he needed to know it in this room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he found he found it. That's wow. Wow. And it, it took him so many years. And, you know, he had never delved down the route of meditation. How fucking lucky are we that we found this so young? Oh, my God. So the first time I did it, I, it was the utter shock that somehow this is a secret. Like, yeah. how has this been a secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Why isn't this, like, a common thing I can go buy at Walgreens? Because it's too good. Yeah, it, it takes five minutes out of your day. It, it will, if you want to unpack all the shit, it takes two hours out of your day, five minutes for the trip. The rest is for you to bring Analyze your shit back together. Like yeah, just happened. Yeah. And, but it's the most calming, yeah. self-fulfilling, loving thing that you will ever do. It gives you every aspect of every religion that you'll ever need. And remind you that, hey, man, at the end when it's over, it's going to be all right. Everyone's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It can cure anxiety. I guarantee you it can cure anxiety and depression. I know that um, in the UK, or I'm going to say the UK, in somewhere in Europe, somewhere, because uh, I heard, um, not Robert Schock, Graham Hancock talking about it. They're using it as an antidepressant to cure depression and PTSD. Mushrooms, too. Yeah, because it, it truly does. It's so therapeutic. And the thing about it is, it's not like other types of drugs where you, you seem to hear people talking about it and it's, oh, it's amazing. It's so great. Yeah. It is the opposite yeah, of addictive. Yeah. And something that you want to continue to go back to. Yeah. As good as the experience has been, I have, it would take so much mental preparation yeah, to go that's, right now. That's what's funny is we can explain what, how profound these experiences are, but it's like, uh, is this something you do every day? Fuck no. No, no, like absolutely not. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe a few times in my lifetime, but it, it's like it, it, if you find somebody that has a, a problem with addiction mm -hmm. or a problem where they get addicted to things that are miraculous, painkillers, they make you feel incredible. So people take painkillers. Or, uh, you know, sleeping pills or something, you know. It can well, be this made you want to quit smoking, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely it did. Um, and, you we know, have a mutual friend that they told him. They like they kicked him out of his trip when he was under, and we won't say the name, we both know who it is. He, he was doing a lot of bad drugs and was kicking it and then falling back into it repeatedly. And he was doing tobacco and stuff on top of that. And he went, and they're like, get yourself clean. You're done. And kicked him out of his trip. I've talked to people who I mean, that's insane. Yeah. heavily addicted to meth that have told me that cigarettes were worse. Oh, oh God. Dang. And I'm I like, tried seriously? Smoke. I haven't Holy smoked shit. in a how long. I mean, I have this. But. Well, one of the issues is, too, is like cigarettes are sold in every convenience yep. store. Yeah. I mean, you, you can go down anywhere. the street and you can just pick up a pack of cigarettes. You can get pulled over by a cop. Smoking a, a cigarette. Yes, yeah, smoking a cigarette. There's no regulation on it. If you are just willing to do it, you can do it. And that's it's not the, the same. For you. And it's the worst thing. And it's 
it's not regulated population the way that it should be. They want us to. That's they, why that's legal. They want the weak genes to die off. Tobacco's legal. Psilocybin and DMT are illegal. Because those are eye opening. Tobacco is life ending. And that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. It's about control. To quote Terrence McKenna, the only danger of DMT <laughs> is dying of astonishment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. It's so fucking true. It's so true. <laughs> Dude, really good at What do you say? He's like, you can watch an alien spaceship land on the White House lawn and think, well, I've seen better. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is so true. It is so fucking it is so true. true. If a spaceship landed in the backyard right now, we all see weird. If Martians swat kicked our door, we've like, seen weirder shit. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen beyond the physical. Yeah. That's like um. There's a Hunter S. Thompson quote where he's like, "Something I've learned about life is reality is way stranger than anyone's fucking imagination." Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> okay, imagine you write a book. Okay, imagine this. Storyline for a book or movie. The person lives in society where the government has banned the God particle, the God chemical that lets them talk to their maker and are enslaving them into giving them cancer so that they can constantly create the natural resources and distract them from the earth so that they can continue to do what they want to do. And those that break away from the civilization that ingest this God particle know that at the end of the tunnel what happens. Now that's the fucking book. Like all yeah, you gotta do, weird? yeah. All you gotta do is just change some names of towns and around, and that's your. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a storyline for a movie, but that's the shit that's actually that's happening. That's what we're living in. That's literally it, and yeah. we sound like such fucking hippies because we want people it's to experience hippie. greatness. Yeah. yeah, that's what's sad. Is that? I don't, I don't give a fuck. I know. I don't care anymore either. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, we know you stopped caring. Your hair's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I just let fuck it, man. Yeah, I wonder if Jordan's a hippie. <laughs> yeah, I oh. wonder, man. Dude. Yeah, me. I, I almost started calling you Giannis whenever you had your beard out. I miss that shit. <laughs> His beard was beautiful. God damn. I came out of my trip. I'm like, is that Noah? Dude, when I came out of my trip, Jordan was there too. And I'm like, he looks like a lion. Which Jordan's a Leo. Which yeah. Is, uh, which is funny. Uh, I'm a Libra. Really? Mm-hmm. scales. Yeah. That's the really all that is is it's the male prostitute of the zodiac signs. <laughs> that's what it says. Every time I fucking read it, it's like you like to whore around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordan's over here with his fucking sex hips. <laughs> <laughs> yet I'm the one getting flack on the god charts. <laughs> oh my god, oh. young Johnny Depp. Let's go with this. <laughs> I think I might call this episode "Sex Hips." Oh, that's fantastic. Guys find a better name. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh hell yeah, oh, man. <laughs> well, we've covered some serious ground. Mm. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, oh, no. I've got so there's much. so much. Oh, we we could, because so if we want Fuck it, if you guys want to, we can go for another hour. I don't give a fuck. I've actually, I have to end up getting home. So yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for me having my dog and somebody waiting on mm -hmm. me. Yeah, why don't we just do this? We'll do it. Time? Absolutely. We, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. We have yeah, a whole other episode. I would love to have you guys back. on again. That'd be yeah, great. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Next time, because this, I didn't have much preparation. I, I Jordan told me about it the other day. I was like, fuck, ask him if I can come. I'll more than, I'd love it. 
Um, I'm really glad you came in. Oh, I fucking had a great time. Next time I can go back to my deep corners of YouTube and get my brain back, back and pumped up in the ship shop shape. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we, we've been going for like probably almost going on two hours probably. It's a good one. Yeah. Nice. So um, we'll see you guys some at some point in the future. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Oh, and check out his ghost hunting channel. Link below. Link Def- below. Definitely do that. Thank you for the subs in advance. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone have a good night. And um, remember that at the end, everything's going to be okay. Even though you're, you're scared and nothing makes sense, everything is going to be fine. Absolutely. Namaste.